Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the code cylinder to my Imperial officer, my mom, Maria. <laughs> uh, Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about Through Imperial Eyes, written by Nicole Dubik and Henry Gilroy and directed by Saul Ruiz. In Through Imperial Eyes, the rebels fear that the identity of the rebel spy will soon be discovered by the Empire. As a result, they launch a plan to rescue the spy before he is caught. Oh, God! (laughs) It was so scary. This episode was intense. Intense. Yes, it was. I was like on the edge of my seat. Yeah, because we didn't know what was going to happen next. I figured out that Sling has an episode super early in the middle of the night. So now I'm like, yes, because now I can watch the episode really early in the day and avoid people's commentary, spoilery commentary. So I was like, yes. And I started watching it and I'm here with my mouth covered and sweating and throwing my arms everywhere like, run, run, run. (laughs) Oh, man, I was so scared for Callus. So scared. Not just Callus, Ezra. Well, I knew Ezra would get out of there. He's a, no, he's alone no, th- with those two bumbleheads of droids. <laughs> AP five and AP five. Oh my, my god. god, he wins. He's, he wins all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so His sarcastic ways are uh, no no bounds. No no bounds. <laughs> yeah. So we first start off with the first point of view scene. Of Callus oh, yes. waking up. When I saw that, I said, oh, God, please not let it be like this all the way. <laughs> and actually, Dave Filoni talked about it. And he said that they wanted to do the whole episode that oh, way. Oh, God, Dave, no. <laughs> it would have been the first episode. I would have to skip and just hear somebody tell it to me. Yeah, I would have been the same, to be honest. Or glanced over every once in a while to see what it was, what was happening. That is something my celebrity Cortez cannot deal cannot yeah. handle i can't handle it either like uh even video games i start to get nauseated i have motion sickness so it can't i can't handle it i get dizzy yeah <laughs> so even even uh, when guitar hero first came out you know how the the notes start flying at you and you're like constantly like looking no at that the notes? one i was i'm able to do <clears throat> what do you time. know you couldn't even hit the notes mommy <laughs> no but still i tried <laughs> that was a fun game yes I remember it was. when everyone was into that yeah <laughs> But yeah, I, I just can't handle first-person point of view. Ultimately, they didn't go with it because it was an expensive way to go about it. And it wouldn't have gotten done on time. Thank God for expenses. <laughs> so yeah, I'm thankful that they just kept it to that one, that first scene. I felt like it meant more. Yeah, because with it, it just the that. moment he looks at himself, you know. Another day. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those days where you wake up and you look at yourself and you say, what have I done? What, what am I going to do? Well, yeah. Who am I? Yeah, yeah. Why am I here? And he looked so tired. T- yes. So exhausted. Not just physically, but mentally. Mentally. You, you, you could see it of, in his eyes. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. I, I just felt so sorry for him in that one. And it was it just started. And I'm like, oh God, what am I in for? <laughs> yeah. He goes to the the front of the ship where he meets up with Lieutenant List, who we first saw in the very beginning of the series as supply master list. Yes. And he's come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he actually my friend had a theory about him because we hadn't seen him in a while. The last time we saw him was in the princess. Yes, uh, the, princess the, the, the episode, yeah. And my friend said, Oh, I bet he's going to get framed. I'm like, oh man, that's actually a good point because it, it, it makes sense. You know, we haven't seen this character for a while. Why are, why they, being are they bringing brought in? in? Yeah. yeah, why are they being brought in? So they, they're monitoring the shuttle as it's leaving the Lothal spaceport and then just end up capturing the bounty hunter that's. The so called bounty hunter. <laughs> Did you know that it was going to be someone familiar? Or did you think it was going to be a new character? No, no. no. I, if it was coming from Lothal, I knew it had to be one of the guys. Yeah. I remember when I first saw it, because that clip is in the mid-season trailer. And when I saw it, I was like, that's Ezra because of his boots. I was uh, like, that is... I knew because of the helmet. Oh, okay. 
he said the one that is crazy about helmets yeah, like that. True, yeah, he has a fetish for helmets. From helmets, yeah. <laughs> when I saw the the boots, I was like, those are Ezra's boots. But then in my article, I was like, maybe it's someone else other than Ezra. And he's also being accompanied by AP5 and Chopper. Yes, the duo, the dynamic duo. Yes, and I love that they're being told to wait for processing. And, and AP5 says, oh, we can do that. We can do that just fine. fine. <laughs> what a guy. It's like, I love it. Yeah. He's so proper and sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, much sass. And so Callus decides to interrogate the bounty hunter who he recognizes as Ezra. And I love that his expression went from just another bounty hunter to, oh my God, God. <laughs> what is he What are having? you doing here? <laughs> so he decides to interrogate himself. And this is the first time that we see the code cylinders being used yes. in action. Mommy, this entire time... I thought... There were pens? Yes! <laughs> this entire... Ever since I, I remember watching the movies and whatnot, I'm like, what are those things for? Are those pens? Are they pointers? Are, are they, like, stylus pens? For, like, iPads? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally get to see what they're used for. And I wonder, I mean, it was so odd that they just brought it out of nowhere. But it felt natural at the same yeah, time. Yeah, this is how R2-D2 and, yeah, and Chopper, and Chopper yeah. communicate. Yeah, they yeah. have one of those things as part of their hands. Yeah. And they go in. So if this is how you open and close doors, figures that the human counterpart will have something similar right right it's just I wish, I wish you could have seen it before i wonder why now they chose that moment obviously it plays a big part with him switching it with, with list uh-huh so it that always, was very slight yeah, of hand yeah, you know yeah. like nice you <laughs> could have a very nice uh career as a magician <laughs> And then I love that Ezra is so confident in himself to say that, you know, oh, no one's going to recognize me. I'm so different. I look so different now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? Yes, you've grown up, but uh, not that different. <laughs> I think the only person who would recognize him would be, well, two people, would be Thrawn, if he sees him, mm -hmm. and Brom Titus, who we actually briefly saw Callus and List pass by them. By him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he would be the, and he would probably flee the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and so Callus says, if they discover you here, I'll be executed for treason. <laughs> and I love that he said it in such a way that you, like, his expressions were really like, like oh my God, I'm going to get caught. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this, but still, you know. Yeah, I can only imagine what David Oyelowo looked like when he was recording that scene. When I heard that line, I can imagine his face in my head. <laughs> and so Ezra tells him that the rebels think the Empire was monitoring his last fulcrum transmission. I just love how he tells him, you, you may still be executed, you know, just just like that, like that yeah. casual, like, yeah, no, don't worry, you still may get a chance. I love Ezra and his, like, nonchalant. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he purposefully got himself captured to be able to get him out of there. Yeah. And I found it very interesting that they trusted him to be able to accomplish the job. I would like to know how they came at that decision. Me too. This is another instance where things happen in the middle. Yeah. And they just develop from there. You yeah. you don't see the yeah, beginning. beginning. Uh -huh. And I like those sort of episodes. Because it allows you to imagine. Yeah, yeah. Think about like what sort of conversation yeah. happened. I could imagine um, Seb criticizing and saying <laughs> something, you know, like he's just going to fumble everything. He just, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I can imagine Sato being very reluctant about the decision and Hera being probably the one to recommend him. Obviously, it couldn't have been anyone else. It had to have been Ezra at this point. Sabine's not in the game. Rex is... 
It's too old. Too old. I'm sorry, Rex. I love I'm you. I'm sorry, sweetie pie. I'm sorry, Gramps. Gramps. <laughs> I love that. And and Kanan obviously no. That's yeah. a he's very capable, but not he has his limitations. And obviously not Hera and Zeb because they're non-human. And then Ezra, he still thinks that Callus is playing a game. Yeah. To set them up. He, he still doesn't fully trust him 100%. No. Yeah. But do you think he trusts him by the end of the episode? Maybe. At the end of the episode, the scene, you know, he looks at him. It looks like, you know, they, they came they to an understanding. understanding. But now that's the next one. Oy. You know what I would hate if... Somehow Thrawn uses Callus against the rebels. Yes. And the rebels that's, think that's what's gonna happen. That Callus actually is working for the Empire. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And Callus's life is gonna be hanging in the balance as to who believes him not to be a traitor right. for the rebels. And it would be so sad if the rebels go down thinking that he betrayed oh, them let me tell you something i could handle callous dying i'm been preparing myself for that <laughs> i can handle that dave <laughs> do not and i mean this uh, very strongly <laughs> do not let our f- awesome rebels think that this man was a traitor if he's going to die, he needs to die a hero. Yes. Because that's what he is. That's what he's earned. Just thinking about that right now is making me tear up because it's just so sad for him to have done all that. Uh, yeah, I-, I can take him dying. I'm ready. Uh, just... I'll be crying for a couple weeks, but I'm ready. <laughs> but not for the others to think he was never an ally. Yeah. Oh, that would uh, be that, terrible. That, that will destroy me. I <laughs> know. You don't want me destroyed, Dave. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but I love how far they've come, Callus and Ezra's relationship. Because remember back into Spark of Rebellion? Yeah. When he was captured by Callus, mm-hmm. you know, he was being interrogated. Yeah. And Ezra said that his name was Java. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he uh, plays along with it. Yeah, and he actually, you know, okay, Java. Yeah. <laughs> so they come a long way. And it's so cool that most of their scenes happen inside of the cell block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so Callus and Lys are summoned to board Thrawn's ship. And they decide to take Ezra as their prisoner as proof that, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing against the rebels. And Callus says he's a bounty hunter, not a rebel, to which List responds with, he's from Lothal. That's enough. I found it very interesting to hear that because he's from the sister planet Garel, which we briefly saw earlier in the series. And it's sort of like me saying, oh, he's from New Jersey. That's enough. <laughs> well, you've said that many, many times. So. I have. Oh, New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> I just thought of that analogy and I thought that was hilarious and interesting. You know, they paint everyone the same way. Yeah. You know, you're from Lothal. You must be some sort so of rebel. Or- yeah. In spy cahoots, or yeah. something, you know. And then when they leave the cell, what's left behind is Ezra's helmet. I knew that was gonna give them up. That was gonna be it. The the, piece the helmet, to the puzzle yeah. That Thrawn would inevitably figure out. Thrawn doesn't let anything go. He he's he's oh. <laughs> he, I love that he's like the Star Wars galaxy's Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Oh, <laughs> the evil Cher- Sherlock the Holmes. Evil. Ooh, he's a uh, Moriarty. Oh, yeah. Holmes is very here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Watson sort of like guides him. Mm-hmm. But I thought when the camera panned down and focused on it, I was like, oh my God, there must have been some recording device in there. And Ezra <laughs> left it on. And, and they recorded the whole, whole conversation. <laughs> so when Thrawn got it at the end, I'm like, oh no, they're going to play the recording. <laughs> <laughs> And then on their way out, they see AP5 and Chopper and they both think quick and they're like, well, you know, we have the recording of the incident, so we have to go with them to testify against the thief. Mm -hmm. So that allows them to board the ship with them, the transport over to Thrawn's ship. 
And on their way there, List mentions that he had a meeting with the superiors about the incident. That, that he had one one meeting before with superiors, you know? Yeah. Where, and with the princess, yeah. Princess Leia. Leia. Yeah. <laughs> And and he seems so disappointed with himself. He was just bowing his head and kicking himself over for what happened. I hope I can do better this time. <laughs> and it it makes me sad, you know, because they're trying to do their best against yeah, something but, that. But, but it's their best as bad people. I know, I know, and that's what makes it sad. <laughs> And then Callus actually rolls his eyes in that moment. I didn't pick it up until like my third viewing. I was like, oh my God, he rolled his eyes. <laughs> and Ezra is taken to a cell block, another one. And I love that. Smack. <laughs> yeah. He's smacking the head. <laughs> he got like, who the heck is this? Trooper, he just like, come on, boy. (laughs) It's funny because when people saw that brief scene before the episode aired, people thought that that was Kanan. (laughs) It might as well, you know? (laughs) And then Chopper and AP5, they contact the retrieval team, which is actually Kanan and and Rex, to tell them that their new location is actually Thrawn's ship. And that changes the whole thing. Yeah. What are you doing there? (laughs) Yeah. Because their their initial plan was to go into into, the light cruiser. So now they have to go into Thrawn's Star Destroyer. And unfortunately, they don't have the clearance codes for that. I love that Chopper, actually, when they go try to get the codes from a terminal, he goes for it. And then AP5 is like, clearance codes? You can't get that from any terminal. You have to go to an officer's port. And then, I love that Chopper was like sort of frustrated. He goes, <laughs> And so as Callus and Liss walk down the hall, we see Captain Brunson, Brom Titus, and this other captain whose name I, I don't remember or whether his name comes up at all, I don't remember. They're all being interviewed and interrogated. Yes. One of them is a mole. I wonder who else, though. You never know within the uh, within the ranks who else could be not fulcrum, but someone who may be sympathetic to the rebel cause. There has to be more. Yeah, you know, definitely not uh, Governor Price. <laughs> oh no, no, that one is. I I can't wait until she gets hers. Yeah. And their cold cylinders are used again for entering Thrawn's office. And they see Thrawn training with droids. I saw some people who were like, oh my God, he's so sexy right now. <laughs> Ew. Ew, no. Well, I mean, you have to admit, Matt, that he, he, he seemed very no. strapping. No, and, <laughs> no. <laughs> Your face. No. You look you look so disgusted. Ew, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but what if that had been Kanan? Oh, that's different. <laughs> that is sexy right there. With his hair down, maybe. Yeah. And you imagine instead of the actual character, you imagine Freddie Prince doing it? Oh, Freddie Prince Jr., yes. Yes, Ooh. and he's so into that. He's into the martial Ooh. arts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah Michelle. <laughs> Mommy. Yes, 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 yes. It's a family friend. <laughs> and so they meet with Colonel Yularen, who was a character. Yes. From Star Wars: The Clone Wars, so he was a hero of the Republic who eventually transferred into a different department under the Empire, and he's been with the Empire since. So it's it's very strange. It's a very strange feeling to see someone who worked with Skywalker and Ahsoka and, and Captain Rex. You know, you, there are good people working under the Empire thinking they're doing good. You mentioned that all the names. You said Ahsoka, Skywalker, you Rex. know, Rex... Of all of them, two turn out to be bad. <laughs> you know. Wait, who? Well, Anakin, Anakin obviously. Not, Anakin but... and him. Oh, and well, he's not bad, bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they they turn up working for the other side. That's true. Yeah. They didn't recognize that this is not the good place. This yeah. is not the good people. It reminds me of the book Lost Stars, where there was a lot of gray areas. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And good people. There was a character there who I loved. And I'm like, oh my God, she was in the Death Star. (laughs) 
And so he's reintroduced to Callus again after all these years. Callus was his star pupil. I figures Callus being a straight Actually, A yeah. student. A student, yeah. <laughs> a teacher's pet. A teacher's pet, yeah. <laughs> and it was great to hear Tom Kane's voice. Tom Kane used to do Yoda and a whole bunch of other voices in Star Wars The Clone Wars, as well as Yularen. So it was great to have him back. And Thrawn says that they hope to learn Fulcrum's identity in this day. It was interesting that he said to learn the identity, not to capture, capture them or, or apprehend. Nothing but to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that was his intent all along. It was just to finally figure out who this person is, but he's not going to bite just yet. And Thrawn says, a traitor in our ranks is feeding the rebels information that is the only logical explanation for their success and our failure. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> I you- used so f- and, and remember I said in the beginning, he is so full of himself. He's so confident that yeah. that's going to be his undoing. Mm. Mark my words. Yeah, you said that. He's yeah. going to do a lot of damage, but that's how it's going to fall. Yeah, I was just like, wow, giving the rebels no credit. I mean, some of that stuff they did on their own. <laughs> and so Thrawn shows them the map, the hollow map of the planets that he's analyzed over time. And it was all bait. Do you think he suspected Callus all along? Or is uh, do you think he just discovered it in that in the final moments of the episode? Remember in the episode where they were in, um, they're in that uh, little room where he his has office, all his yeah. all the this art and stuff, yeah. and he's talking to Callus. Mm-hmm. I said it. He suspects him. Mm. He doesn't have what he needs. Therefore, he's not going to act on it or do anything to the contrary. But he knows Callus is the one. Yeah. And I, he put all the things into motion. motion. And yeah, showing him the map was definitely one of them. Because then that alerted Callus, which alerted Ezra. Someone we'll, we'll discuss in the listener's portion said that Thrawn must have memorized that entire map. map. Yeah, he knew that something was was not where it was supposed to be. Right. And you know it when he says everything seems okay uh, yeah. to be all right. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and so Yularen approaches Callus after the meeting and asks him for his opinion on where this leak could be happening and mentions how they're unaware of how the spy communicates with the rebels. So that's one thing that actually we don't even know either. Yeah, how, how they manage to get the messages out without anybody knowing. Yeah, yeah, you had mentioned before maybe like a messenger passing it off to one person to another. But yeah, we don't know how Callus communicates with the rebels. And I'm, I have a feeling that we might see that next. Maybe him in the process of communicating and Thrawn somehow catches them or uses it to his advantage. Who knows? But I, I hopefully we'll see how that happens because it's very odd that we don't know Th- then again it took us years to find see those pens and so Callus manipulates list into keeping an eye on governor price oh this poor kid <laughs> wanting know. to do good wanting to be desperate to, to be a bad guy yeah so that's what happens when you try to be a bad guy. Well, do you think he's, his goal is to be a bad guy or his goal is to be ambitious? He wants the power. He wants the position. And he really doesn't care how he does it. And he has that discrimination and, and way of looking at others down as though they're less than That's he is. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He may not have the power and he may not have the spine for a lot of the bad things but he's willing to go along with those who do yeah which fortunately callus is not even though for a while that was the case and so callus goes off to get ezra out and i love that ezra is actually hiding in the up by the ceiling in the cell and and callus is like please Please stop stop that doing that like (laughs) and i love that ezra is like it works every time And so they need the clearance codes for the ship. And Ezra says, I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) 
It's many things you he's, haven't taught him. He's getting of. good, yeah, but he definitely needs a lot. He, a lot he more he's to a bit scatterbrained. Yeah, you know? he's like he everywhere. Gets really into the moment. I mean, yes. Like, oh man, I'm gonna be a bounty hunter. I'm gonna help Callus out, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's how a, a teenager thinks. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be so lit. You know, that's what kids say to them. Yeah. <laughs> And so Callus warns Ezra that Thrawn is close to locating their base and that he should tell him where it is so that he could remove it from the database. To which Ezra's like, no, 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 you're going to find out when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) But they ultimately decide to go to Thrawn's office together because that's where they can accomplish both goals, getting the clearance codes and removing the planet from the database. And Ezra... Has to wear an imperial uniform, and it's amazing. <laughs> it looks very dashing. <laughs> I remember when the press site for Disney XD released the photo for this episode, and it was the photo of him in his uniform looking at the hollow map. Mommy, I was at work, <laughs> so I flipped out, and my student workers like, "Is it Star Wars?" <laughs> I'm like, yes! (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was so cool to see him in the uniform. I just love the idea of him wearing different things because you don't see it often in CG animated shows. So I definitely need a figure of him in his uniform. I need a figure of him in his bounty hunter outfit. And I need an action figure of him in his pajamas. Because we're going to see him in pajamas later, and I'm just so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And so AP5 is given the task to keep a lookout, and I love that he says, oh good, the thankless job. (laughs) He's so freaking good. It's like unbelievable. (laughs) Whoever writes the one-liners for this character has an amazing mind. (laughs) Because men, they hit it. Every single time. Yeah, yeah. And so does uh, Stephen Stanton when he voices the character. I mean, you can say that line and it doesn't come off as funny, but the way he executes it, it. it's always on point. (laughs) And so Ezra, not the best accent in the world, uses an accent to try to convince the stormtrooper that he is Lieutenant List. List. And so he needs to use the cylinder code to be able to get into their office. And Ezra, and he's actually very good. Again, you said he's very good. Yeah, at, he's very getting good at his uh, the Jedi skills. mind trick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so Ezra sees the the Cali Cory from that episode, Hera's Heroes. He wants to go get it, and unfortunately, Cali stops him. He's like, "We're not here to steal art." <laughs> Although it would have been really cool if... But yes. then that would have given that him would away. A, yeah. That would have been like a right dead giveaway. there. Yeah. yeah. But, oh man, it would have been so cool to get that back for Hera. Because I, I would hate for Thrawn's ship to get destroyed and that go down in the flames. And so Chopper transmits the codes to Kanan. So they're on their way and they have the clearance codes. And Callus says, are you crazy? <laughs> They'll intercept the transmission. And Ezra responds, Yeah, that a secret code was transmitted from Thrawn's office? Callus says, Good point. (laughs) And I love the exchanges between them. Like, I I definitely wanted to see more of them being a buddy-buddy duo, just as much as I want to see him and and Zeb together. And so they managed to change the planets as well. But do you think they should have done more? Maybe delete the database entirely. Obviously, he might have a backup somewhere. But a, a lot of people felt like that was such a... Simplistic simple, way. A simple way to go about it, yeah. I would have uh, flipped all the planets, not just one with oh, another. Oh, I see what you mean. I would have moved all of them. Uh, that would have been more complicated to figure out. Mm, that's true. Not just the one. Yeah, no, yeah, just taking one and moving it to another, you know, that, but changing the whole map. Yeah. That would have been a throw, you know. Random combination. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, they should have done that. And then AP5 warns them that Thrawn is on his way. (laughs) He's told to stall them. And then (laughs) AP5 is like, oh, wait, I can't. He's at the door. (laughs) 
you know, he, he tells them right when the guy was there. <laughs> yes. Like, what were you looking at? Where, what direction were you looking <laughs> that you don't see them until they're in front of the door? Yeah, I can imagine him actually staring down one end of the hall, but Thrawn was actually <laughs> coming, coming from the other. The other, and then he turns around, he sees them, and that's when he actually tells them. <laughs> hey, by the way, somebody's coming. <laughs> They're already here. <laughs> oh, AP5. Oh, man. And so I love how Callus totally keeps his cool throughout the whole episode. It's like the walking. <laughs> like one leg asking the others, can I move now? Can I move now? Unbelievable. And they get everywhere and do everything with this. Uh, the the uh, simple pace. Simple pace. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Here I come. Wait for me. Get in there. And the, but I'm telling you, the whole entire episode, I was like, run, run, run. run. Like, oh my God, now. But he kept his cool. And even when Thrawn was right at the door, he had some sort of plan in place in his mind. Of course, he didn't tell Ezra. But <laughs> Ezra turns around. Callus? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> And so Ezra and Chopper go to hide behind the wall that's there. And obviously, I don't know why I put this question down. This is obviously a yes. But the question was, do you think Thrawn knew that he was in there? Thrawn knew somebody was there because his whole everything is okay. Oh, yeah. You don't believe that. It was the uh, my, my theory was that he said that to make whoever it was believe that it was okay. Yeah. But he knows, knows. Yeah. that there it, was something wrong that changed. The same thing happened with Hera. And he knew Hera mm-hmm. was there. So how, how is not he's not going to feel or know somebody's there? Of course he knew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so later on, he's attacked by his droids. Even after being attacked, the man is very smooth. Yeah. <laughs> like, Colonel, listen to me very carefully. Carefully. <laughs> And you're like, oh my god, this guy just got almost owned by by these two droids, and he sliced them like butter. <laughs> and and so Kanan and Rex arrive, and once they fall out of hyperspace, Rex is like, whoa. <laughs> and Kanan's like, hey, Gramps, you want to fill me in? Because <laughs> Kanan doesn't cannot see, yeah, doesn't he know see. what what's out there. Yeah. And so Yularen warns Governor Price that there's a ship incoming and he finds it to be very suspicious. And so Rex, I love that they're getting ready to leave out of the ship. And Rex is like, I thought I lost a little bit of weight because <laughs> it's still kind of tight, tight <laughs> in his uniform. Yep. <laughs> Rex is the age, man. He's so sexy, though. So sexy. And then Price approaches them to tell them that they're under arrest. And Kanan tries to do a Jedi mind trick on her. Yeah, the moment he's going to move the hand, nope. (laughs) She totally... man. He got shot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there was no hesitation on her part. None whatsoever. But then, you know, Jedi mind tricks are supposed to um, work on work the, the weak minded. Yeah. And we know Price is not a no. weak minded person. Mm-mm. And then Liz, who's been following her this entire time, thinks that she's the traitor. Because he misinterprets everything he's seen because yeah. he's seen it from a different standpoint, which brings me to a very, this happens a lot out there in life. We make a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. based on what we see without knowing why what we're seeing is happening yeah there's many times where you can really say yes that's something bad but not all the time so it it was cool to see that because him getting into trouble and what ended up resulting in the end is a consequence of making assumptions yeah of having a pre-idea of something and then assuming the worst out of every movement it's like if you go thinking a person is bad everything they do is gonna be suspicious yes yeah Yularen sees this all go down and he sees her being stunned by list who is then tackled to by the ground Cal- by Callus. I mean, I thought it was a football game yeah. the way he tackled list. 
<laughs> and then Callus, at that point, you know, the door is closing to the ship, and Ezra's telling him to come. And Callus says, I can do more good here. Those were the same, same words. words that Sabine said mm-hmm. in the last episode, Legacy of Mandalore, where she decided to stay and say, I can do more good here. And he also stayed like Sabine. So what will the ship name between Callus and Sabine would be? Ooh. <laughs> I have to bring up shipping in every episode. It's like a thing now. <laughs> Calabine? Cal- Calbine. Yeah, Calbine. Calbine. <laughs> Salus? Sa- oh, yeah. Sabilus? A- 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 Sablus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how shippers function. It- it's-, uh, it's quite entertaining and amusing. But Jonah, also- <laughs> y- y- you have brought a mine from up above all the way down below. <laughs> Ma- <laughs> because now I'm thinking like that. <laughs> Now you got to think of it, you know, like everywhere you go, you're like, oh, man, what would their ship name be? (laughs) (laughs) And so Callus frames list in the end. Mm, Yes. And he ultimately meets with everyone else and he's commended for doing good. And he leaves. He leaves the office with a smirk on his face. Like, yeah, I got it. (laughs) Yeah, Another one in the bag, you know? Yeah. Um, and little does he know. Yes, little does he know that, you know, Yularen makes note of the fact that... It was too easy. It was too easy. Everything fell into place very quickly. And he recognizes that Liz doesn't have that capability, ability. that mind. Yeah. Oh, but it was still kind of... I'm still saddened by, by Liz yelling out for Callus. Yeah. Because, you know, he trusted him. It's such a weird thing. Like, I don't feel sorry, but I also feel sorry. <laughs> yeah, because it's the response of a good person to Yay. see somebody else in trouble. Mm-hmm. But then you have to think, why are you in trouble? Yeah, this is a good point. You know, that's a big problem in our society. We want to be kind and good and we want to see all the the possibilities uh, all, all the reasons why a person may do something but in the end you have to boil it down to you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so Thrawn is brought the helmet Yes. And this is when he puts all the pieces into place. He analyzes the art of it and he recognizes it to be the work of Sabine. Yep. Because it's a stylized love cat. And so he asserts yes. his thought, what he already knew. knew. Yeah. And I love that he said, that is why you and so many others have been deceived. Like he doesn't include himself in that group. No. I'm better than all of you. And again, I'm (laughs) telling you, that's going to be his downfall. Yeah. And he says, I believe Agent Fulcrum will be far more useful to the Empire than Callus ever was. Ooh. Uh, I I was devastated. Like, I actually uh, cried. You know, it's funny. I didn't cry. I know a lot of people cried for Trials of the Dark Saber and Legacy of Mandalore when Sabine stayed and when Sabine revealed all that stuff. I'm like, oh man, these are great performances. But when when this episode ended, I actually cried <laughs> because it's like I told Maya, it's like signing your death sentence, your death certificate. You know, your that's it. That's it. Mm, yeah. This is not going to have a happy ending at all. <laughs> And I cried because it, you, that's when you know this is not going to come out good for Callus. Ah, mm. dang it, dang it! <laughs> and so my final thought was: I still can't believe we don't know his first name. This is ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how do we not know Agent Callus's first name? And I know it's not Agent. <laughs> Agent. Didn't he say his full name? No, he didn't. So, so he knows the full name of Seb, but he never said his own full name. No, no, we don't know his full name. We don't know his first name. My friend and I call him Oren. <laughs> we invent names. Oren Callis. Oren, uh, you know, A U double Oren. I like that name for him. But we don't know it, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. What is it? I don't want him to die and we don't know his first name. (sighs) (laughs) But anyway, moving on to listener thoughts and questions. 
Sydney said, this irked me. (laughs) Did they really think removing their planet and adding another one would work? Thrawn's probably memorized the map. (laughs) I'm with you, Sydney. (laughs) This guy knows. Yeah. And like I said, the moment the guard asks him, is everything all right, sir? And he turns around and says, it seems so. You know. You know. He knows. Not only somebody's there, but they were messing up with his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that basically narrowed it down. Yeah. Significantly to the planet that he needed. Yeah. Because if you know where the planet was and you know they removed it and put another, you know that's the one. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they could have done it a different way. Maybe they could have done something more complex. But I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done to have made it in that way. I liked yours, which was the random. Or just randomly change different planets. Because then you don't know exactly which one is it that they're trying to move around. Yeah. It's like the shell game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm fine the way it panned out in the end. Um, I didn't have any issues with it. Because like I told Sydney and my other friend Megan, Ezra doesn't know Thrawn. He, He knows of him. He's encountered him before but he doesn't he doesn't understand fully how capable Thrawn is and he doesn't have the knowledge Ezra doesn't have the knowledge that we have as an audience Callus should have known better he was the one who suggested give him another planet as a decoy yeah like Callus should have thought a bit more yeah memorized it the way he did and he's gonna figure it out so Megan said, so I have a feeling Callus won't make it at the end of the season. I we're with you there. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think Thrawn will outsmart him since Thrawn has the upper hand already. Callus was really smart in this episode, but not smart enough. Callus is a smart man, but Thrawn is shrewd, you know, is his calculated. And we know by the reactions of Callus in other episodes that doing the sacrificing of the good to attain more later is not his cup of tea. And this is what Tron is capable of. This is what he is known for. Sacrificing many just to get to what he wants. Right. And so Melissa asked, given the intensity of the episode and Thrawn's realization at the end, how do you feel about the impending season three finale? I get nightmares when I think about it. I'm hurting. (laughs) I I am. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a very sad season finale. Yeah. Because... Let me tell you, it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. And the season the season two finale was also intense with Vader and Ahsoka and the last five minutes and whatnot. And, and, and if you think losing Ahsoka or the presence of, of Ahsoka in that manner was hard, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And then her next question was, do you ladies feel that there will be a huge character loss, Callus or some, or even someone else? Callus definitely. Yeah. At uh, this point, I, like... Yeah. I've resigned myself to the fact that Callus is going to die. Yeah. But like I said earlier, it better not be in a bad... In vain. It better be one of these heroic moments that define the way others move from that point on i just thought of something if he did something sort of like um oh my gosh what's his name at the start of star trek in the star trek the movie yes with uh the father the father sacrificing himself in order to save the the others yeah i can see him doing that and i'm like oh my god what did i think of that (laughs) i can totally see him doing that maybe crashing into something like I said, I've resigned myself to the idea that he is going to die, but he better he better be a glorious death. Yeah. Because he deserves no less. Yeah. Yeah, he's a warrior. You know, this is a, a, a character who has redeemed himself mm. from the beginning to now, you know, to have it be wasted. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of whether someone else might die, I'll <laughs> You know, just rip my heart out. Yeah. You just, <laughs> At that point, why let, even have a why let, even have? Let a me heart? tell you, you just gave her nightmares <laughs> because she's gonna start dreaming of things happening to her boys. 
and forget it. All right, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> and so Patty has a few questions. She said, what did you both think of the opening sequence? It seemed an interesting way to tell a story, but based on the rest of the episode and Rebel's recon interview with Dave, it was not practical. Would either of you... <laughs> no. Would mm. either of you would have liked to have seen this storytelling telling mm, method... No, Patty. ...continue for this no, episode? Patty. <laughs> Patty, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, unfortunately. I would have had to call you so that you can narrate it for <laughs> for us because there was no way I was going to be able to no, see it. Yeah. was the first couple of, of, what, not even a minute. No, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I have to look somewhere else. Yeah, when um when it first came on to the uh, Rebels Recon as the, the preview clip, I, I, I felt nauseated from that, yeah. like 45 seconds, less than that. <laughs> I do like that they like to experiment and do things differently, but that would not have worked well for us. Let's just say that I was one of those kids, little kids, mm-hmm. that didn't do the spinning thing. Oh, like I never you know, did. When you turn no, around? no, I never I did the spinning did thing. I actually did do that, and that's probably no. what messed me up. <laughs> no, I never did the spinning. Mm-hmm. Never liked it. Yeah. The only times I spun, you know, spin mm-hmm. whatever the word is, mm-hmm. was when I tried to be a ballerina. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do it fast. I would go like tipito, tipito, tipito around. Yeah. But I mean, now I, I mean, I enjoy. I mean, I don't do that anymore. Why do kids do that? Why do they spin themselves around? Because they they like the sensations. Kids are about feeling. Yes, they like they to they they like to everything. feel and touch everything and know how everything feels and what better way to feel the world spinning around you than going around <laughs> and around. <laughs> and she also asks, Thrawn sure is terrifying but awesome. He is not just smart and great at interpreting art, but he's also sure showed us some awesome fighting moves both during practice and when he was fighting the droids after they were reprogrammed. I know what Jonah Marie thinks about Thrawn and would have been flailing during all these sequences however what did mom do actually i didn't even flail i'm not a thrawn fangirl mommy's not no 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 evil puts me off it doesn't (laughs) matter how sexy you are the only bad guy and it's not like i like him is i tolerate him Mm -hmm. is Darth bather and only because of the voice oh okay I don't really go for bad guys. I know some people like love Loki from Avengers. I I never I never saw the attraction to that character. I get them. They're pretty people. Oh, they, oh, he's gorgeous. Yeah, but evil does not attract me. No, no way. No, no it's, way. It's a put off. It's like. The Which moment. is why at the beginning of the seri- series, when Callus was the way he was, I had I, I, I didn't like Callus. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't I say he needs to die? <laughs> I, I'm not to go back. And yeah, see. I, I, I'm pro. I probably did. He need to die because and and yeah, I found his voice. David Yellow has a, an amazing voice. So yeah, I might have found his voice attractive, a sexy voice, and but but not something. But that... I was like, this character man is totally on top of them, and yeah. and then when things start changing i was like oh my god i love him so yeah, much i yeah. want to hug him and i want to put him in my pocket and yeah. protect him at all times yes <laughs> bad guys i can see if they're pretty <laughs> but no nah, it does not no it, it doesn't does yeah, I, don't, I don't think I, I like any villains if i do i'll tweet it out but i honestly no, no uh, yeah, the the, the, on, the only one is Darth Vader, and only because of the voice. I would love to hear him talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so she asked, I was so happy they were trying to get Callus out of there. However, it was very sad and he stayed. Then I became terrified when Thrawn spelled this out to Yularen. I would never have thought I would be worried so much about this character when we first met him in season one. He reminds me of Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. However, without the hope that he will make it through the conflict alive. What do each of you think is going to happen now? Will Thrawn slip up and Callus realize that this ploy to pin this on someone has failed? Or do either of you have any hope left that he will survive? You know, I'm going to put my expectation on that he's going to die. But if he actually survives, I'll be happy. Yes. <laughs> because if I put my expectation on, oh, he's going to live, 
then I'll be sorely or disappointed if he dies. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's always hope maybe that the writers will come up with something more creative. But then it will have to be something very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Thrawn is not a guy that can be easily manipulated. No. So, yeah, what ultimately happens has to be what Ma said. It has to be well done, well developed um, in getting there. Well, there is still hope, a little bit of hope, but yeah, like we mentioned uh, yeah. earlier, we kind of. I'm resigned to the fact, but like I said, it better be an awesome death. Cause yes, I will not accept anything less. <laughs> you know, you'll be knocking on Lucasfilm's door. Oh yeah, where, where is that located? It's in California. California, okay, California. Here I come. <laughs> oh, we can go to In and Out and get a burger. Forget the burger. <laughs> Ma, you never forget an in and out burger. I dream about that place. <laughs> Patty also, last question, she said, AP5 and Chopper, glad to see them together working to help the team. What did you both think of them during the episode? Did their appearance make you want a new AP5 and Chopper-centric story like it does me? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always yeah want, we, I'm always in a yeah, mood for yeah. AP5 and Chopper. Yeah. Wait, what's their shipping name? Opper? <laughs> Opper, um... F- five, no. Show five. Show five. <laughs> Show five. Show five. <laughs> I would love to see them. And actually, I think there's an upcoming episode, not the next one, Secret Cargo. I think it's the one following that uh, focuses on them too, because something happens where they get reprogrammed. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I don't know exactly the details, but it's going to be fun um, and hopefully not heartbreaking. <laughs> Florian wrote in and said, that was thrilling. I'm often surprised what they managed to fit in one episode. I kept thinking it would end with to be continued, but no, everything fit together really well. I'm afraid Thrawn will stab Callus in the back at one point and whisper in his ear, Sovato <laughs> Kra. <laughs> and, and then his eyes will glow congratulations to 70 episodes that's right this is yeah. our 70th episode i'm always happy to see rebels chat show up in my podcast app so thank you florian thank you, that was florian. very cool yes. and i emailed them back and i was like i love the stargate <laughs> reference that was amazing yes chovakri <laughs> Yeah, we're such Stargate fans. Richard Dean Anderson, man. Richard Dean Anderson. He's getting old. I know. I, oh I fear the day. Uh, oh, so, no, so I can't. So many good people dying. I know. And I, just, I can't I can't handle Richard Dean Anderson or anyone from Stargate right now. No, I, I forbid it. Um, Stefan asks, do you think the Rebels will think that Callus set them up? So not only is he an enemy with the Empire, but also with the Rebels, so he has nowhere to go. This is what we yeah, mentioned we earlier. earlier. Yeah, we were talking about this. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is... Uh, what um, Thrawn is intending because he says it when he says Agent Fulcrum is going to prove to be more useful to the Empire than Kalos ever was is because he's going to do something to that effect where the rebels are going to end up failing at something because of information provided and we we said it, you know, this is going to make them be weary and 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 not trust Callus, but it better not stay that way. <laughs> no, I know. No. <laughs> so Red wrote in and said, hi, this was probably the episode I was most excited for and it definitely delivered. I hope you liked it as well. Sorry if I've gone off on some tangents here. I like talking about Callus some more than I realize. <laughs> so they said, this probably only appeals to me, but I love the accents in this episode. Every so often, David Oyelowo would slip into a more estuary-ish accent, which is similar to mine, especially during scenes when he was acting more casually. I thought it was a nice touch and could hit at something else, perhaps that Callus didn't always have the accent he uses. Well, that's interesting. I'm probably reading too much into it, but I liked it as a thought. Also brilliant was seeing Ezra trying to use List's accent and using a slightly different voice when he was caught as a bounty hunter. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was, was saying, eh, more gross. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I like the idea of Callus 
And that's actually, I want to say that's something that I don't know whether it appeared in a story that Lucasfilm wrote or a story that my friend and I wrote. <laughs> but oh, it was for, yeah, we made up the fact that Kanan might have had a different accent at some point because he established that his homeworld was Coruscant or something of that nature. So you kind of have a different accent when you're born. Or you're in that area. So uh, uh, we always thought that it would be cool if he had like some different accent that he masks, sort of like Hera. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Callus, that would be cool. I mean, a lot of people in those positions want to become more... Uh, more uh, 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 recognized, more listened to. Yeah, so, or, so, or come across so more intelligent, I guess. So, so they sort of, um, they polish the language and their accent so that it comes out different, mm -hmm. more proper. Yeah, more proper, yeah. And so... They go on to say, there was a neat little parallel towards the beginning of the episode where Callus is talking to Ezra and his cell, which contrasted a lot to their encounter in the pilot. I thought it was a very nice way of showing how Callus has changed, not through what he says, but also through what he does. This continues later where he decides to stay because he thinks he can do more good as a spy. Did you two enjoy the way his change in the character was shown? Yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah. seen it. We've seen it develop through little pieces here and there. And, and I've said it. I, I love the whole redemption concept because mm -hmm. I am a sucker for the good guy, mm -hmm. and I dislike that saying that good guys finish last. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because it is so wrong, and and it puts down so much good, which is what we should be lifting mm -hmm. the goodness in, in people so i love redemption stories i love stories of people who were horrible and through suffering and and through loss and experiences they come to a different underst understanding of the the world around them mm -hmm. and callus has definitely come around and come to that place for me i love it yeah I agree. And they go on to say, speaking of the scene where Callus stayed, given all the information he had at the time, do you think it was a good idea, both on his part and the part of the writers? I was screaming at my screen at the time, though I can see why he did choose to stay. I was screaming at my computer. Yeah, I, I, I was like, <laughs> what? No, no, jump. Jump. Jump, <laughs> jump now. You need to jump now. But I really love that even though we went in thinking, oh my gosh, what if he dies? What if he lives? Blah, blah, blah. It was either one or the other. You expected him to die or you expected him to leave. But you didn't expect him to stay out of his own free will yeah out know. of his own free will and that's what i really enjoyed about this episode because it went against what you expected yeah it's always refreshing to see something different for a change and that was definitely something different even though <laughs> yeah. i almost like threw my laptop across the, <laughs> the room <laughs> and they go on to say it's been shown a lot on the show how quick ezra is to trust people for instance with hondo however ezra seems very unwilling to trust callus of course he was their enemy for a long time and ezra is still unsure if he set them up in an inside man but why do you think ezra doesn't trust callus in particular even though he trusts other characters who have let him down like hondo that is an awesome Awesome observation. Hondo, yes, he has let him down. But you know from the beginning when you meet Hondo, he's a hustler. Yeah. But the thing is, Callus represents the Empire. Exactly. And the, the initial meet between them was a place of opposition mm. where I'm the freedom fighter and you're the, the oppressor. Right. You know? But Hondo, you, you meet him and you know he's a hustler the moment you meet him. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's different perceptions, different way of perceiving the person opposite to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, to me, Callus represents the empire, represents the people who took his parents, parents away, away. And he was still very much hurting from that. So I, I believe that we both believe he is still not trusting of Callus. Even though Callus has proven himself, he could still potentially hurt his family, his yeah. crew. So that's why he kind of 
holds off on it. Whereas Hando, you know, he kind of sees himself in Hando. And Hando is is a hustler. He's different. He's he's a whole different person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, it was also amazing to see Callus actually doing his job, or rather jobs. On the one hand, we got to see him being an ISB agent when he spoke with Yularen. And on the other hand, we got to see him being fulcrum, clever, cunning, and slightly manipulative, especially in his interactions with List. It was a nice confirmation that a character who's implied to be clever because of his position actually is excellent at what he does. Did the two of you like seeing it as well? Oh yeah, I, yeah. That was, I love that this episode highlighted all of Callus's skills and his ability to think quick on his he feet. He's a smart person, a very capable person, but he's not thrown. He's not Thrawn. Nobody is Thrawn except for Thrawn. <laughs> it was very, very cool to see him in his element. That's why he f- thought, you know, I can do more good here. Because he can't do any of that no. in, with the rebellion. With the rebellion, he will have to take on a different a role. role. And this is all he knows. Can you imagine him trying to put discipline into the, the rebellion? No. Oh. <laughs> Nobody will give him the time of day. Yeah. He's an ex-ISB agent. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see him contributing in the same way, which is why he felt the need to stay, because this is where he can do the most damage. And also, yay, <laughs> the brief return of Brunson. Hopefully, this means we'll be seeing more of her later. I'd love to have her as a recurring Imperial. What about you? Brunson was the one who was in the Ghost of Geonosis episode and who was very foolish in her method of attack for the Rebels. Yeah, she probably got a a, a serious meeting like Liz as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it'd be cool to see her as a recurring character, especially given what we think will happen to Callus moving forward. And List mentions that no one escapes the eye of Yularen for long. Of course, Thrawn figured out that Callus was the traitor long before Yularen did, but do you think he would have found out eventually? Oh, Uh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, Yularen is smart as Thrawn, but probably not as quick. Quick and and calculated. Yeah. So so he would have caught it. To know later with his interactions with his pupil. Yeah. And finally, in the trailers, we saw a scene where Callus goes to Ezra's old place. Oh, that's right! <laughs> in the communications tower, which episode do you think this will be in? And what do you think will happen there? Again, sorry for asking so many questions. I hope you liked the episode and, uh, and have a great time recording this podcast, Red. Yeah, there was that scene where Callus is entering Ezra's old communications tower. I don't know where that would take place now that I'm thinking about it. So it might be a season finale moment. Um, and that, that would make it even more sad. <laughs> I totally forgot about that scene. Don't make me start crying now. I'm sorry, Mommy. I'm sorry. It's Red's fault. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much, Red, for that email. And finally, Carlos said, hey, guys, love your show. I have a few questions. My first is, when do you think Ahsoka will return on this show? Also, any new theories as to what exactly happened between her and Vader? And finally, how much do you think Dave will alter his original story so that it could fit into context with what's going on with Ezra or Kanan, considering he was intent on telling this story outside of Rebels originally? So this is a different... Yeah. It's a curveball. Yes. <laughs> so in terms Carlos, of us, you're gonna make a thing. I know. <laughs> so when do we think Ahsoka will return on the show? If she's coming if back. If she's yeah. coming back. That's another I- thing. If there were ever to be a moment where it will be prime for her to come back. I think it will be at a moment where our rebels are like bottom. Yes. You know, and that reminds me of cause Dave loves Lord of the Rings. Ah. And, and Ahsoka, in many ways, is sort of like Gandalf. No. Mm-hmm. And remember, he fell. Hell, and we all thought he was yeah. gone. And then he comes back as the white wizard. Yeah. So maybe that, that would be something that Ahsoka so, goes through. So whether our rebels are going to hit rock bottom at the end of the season or later... If she's going to make an appearance, it's not going to be this season. No, no, no. It's not going to be this season. And it's going to be 
after a few dark episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She definitely seems like the... Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, that would be a cool Gandalf yeah, moment for yeah. her to come like it, bright lights and whatnot and, and tr- um. reintroduces herself as someone else who knows. Mm-hmm. And any new theories as to what exactly happened between her and Vader. So Vader got owned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then Ahsoka, you know, ever since Dave revealed there was a, a set of cards that he drew for this card company and the back of them revealed Ahsoka's journey after what happened so she walks through this water and she's following this the owl and she walks up through a set of stairs and she ascension yes yes she's ascending yeah (laughs) stargate reference yes yeah so she walks up through this set of stairs and she goes through a circle doorway i think and this doorway is lined with wolves old ancient drawings of wolves you can interpret it as her, yeah, ascending in a way, entering a different plane of a existence. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Gandalf. And who knows what sort of knowledge she'll encounter in that room. But they better make it a surprise. I don't want to know ahead of time. <laughs> and finally, uh, how much do you think Dave will alter his original story? I don't think that it will need too much alteration if it takes place at a dark moment for for our, our, our heroes, mm-hmm, for our mm-hmm. rebels. Yeah. You know? I mean, the thing about storytelling, it's constantly changing. Changing, exactly. Before so. you get to the final result. So I don't think he'll alter it too much. If anything, he'll alter it for the better so that it, it seems like it'll flow and it'll mm. seem like a smooth transition. transition. So whatever he's cooking, whatever he's cooking with the other writers as well, because it's, it's a team effort. We're all looking forward to it. Can't wait. Can't wait, man. I cannot wait. So that's it's it. going to make me cry a lot before, <laughs> but then it's going to say, yeah! <laughs> So that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when we'll discuss the episode Secret Cargo, which airs on March 4, 2017. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>